Welcome to Glass Talk, Canada's podcast for the architectural glass industry. Now here's your host, Patrick Flannery. Glenn LaRue from CPS, thanks so much for joining us at Top Glass. It's great to see you. Thanks very much, Patrick. Yeah. For the opportunity to tell you uh, about CPS and our project. Well, I tell you, it's 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 fascinating. We're really glad to welcome you guys this year. Um, why don't Why don't you uh, set the stage for us? Tell us a bit about uh, a bit about yourself, uh, uh, what your role is with the company, and uh, and then I, I I guess just go in and and give us the you know the top level on 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 CPS and what you guys are doing. All right. Well, I'm the president and CEO of CPS. It's a very small group uh, as it sits today. We're a publicly traded company on the TSX venture exchange and the company started off as a gold mining one of these toronto uh, gold mining um, uh, small companies and uh, through various uh, circumstances and transactions uh, it became fully focused on the silica sand deposit north of winnipeg hmm. and that's where i came in because the original plan was to produce this uh, for frac sand and it's an immense uh, resource and a very high quality one. And I, I've got a, I'm a petroleum engineer. I've got a background in oil field services and this was obviously a good fit and I knew some of the investors. So that's how I got to the table. But anybody following the news would realize that the oil and gas sector is not a heck of a good place to be right now. It is coming back and it's, it's going to come back strong, but that forced us to look at this deposit uh, for an other industrial uses. And we always knew it was high quality silica sand, but uh, due to some lab work that we got done in Germany and some in Australia, we realized exactly how good this was for glass making. Wow. That, that turned our attention to it. It's a low iron uh, deposit and with some very little basic uh, uh, processing work uh, we can drop the iron content even lower and it, we can get it down to 130 parts per million or lower. And that sets it up for really high end glass making. So ultra clear glass and the, and the type of glass that they would cover solar panels with. That is, that, 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 that is so neat. Uh, and, and, and what's the location? How, how would you describe where it is? The, the, the deposit uh, of this silica sand is 160. It's only 160 kilometers north of Winnipeg. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. End of cottage country. That's that's right next door by Manitoba standards. It's next door by anything in Canada standards, quite yeah. frankly. So, <laughs> yeah. it's uh, it's very accessible. It's massive, and uh, and we're going to exploit it here for a very good purpose. And you and you found this more or less by accident, surveying for for oil and gas or, or gold. No, no, not at all. This. Uh, actually, it's a very interesting story. There, there's a, an island about a kilometer, kilometer and a half offshore from where our deposit is. It's called Black Island. And for over 50 years, I think it's maybe 60 years, they had a quarry there. And they quarried this high-grade silica sand, put it on a barge, brought it down the lake and up the Red River to Selkirk, offloaded it. And it, was, uh, it fed the, the early glass industry in Manitoba. Uh, I think Beausager was where the, the container glass was, but that uh, at a point moved to Medicine Hat, Alberta. So the majority of the sand went to Medicine Hat for a, a container glass uh, factory, but it, it was used for all sorts of things for uh, foundry work and sandblasting. And I'm sure it sits in some golf courses and the sand traps and 
So we, we knew that it was high quality, but nobody had investigated it for a purpose like this. And that's what we did. Yeah. Okay. So what's yeah. the purpose going to be? What's the, what's the plan? Well, the plan is, is not to sell the sand uh, to other glass manufacturers uh, because that's a, that's, that's a commodity game. Now, this is a very high quality, so it's very valuable sand, but nonetheless, it's how cheap can you get it on the train if you want to do that. So we're going to build a float glass plant in Greater Winnipeg, and that float glass plant will be um, capable of about 600 tons a day output, which is a standard size for a float glass plant. And... Winnipeg, the, the Manitoba is is a brilliant jurisdiction to put this in. We didn't know all this before we embarked on the uh, on the investigation, but they've got uh, their their hydropower is ninety six percent renewable, hmm. and it's plentiful. Yeah. And the uh, Winnipeg uh, people don't give it enough credit. It's one of the best uh, sort of distribution transportation hubs in North America. There's three yep. railways that go through there. There's truck routes, and it's all set up for it. And it's direct access to the U.S. and obviously Eastern and Western Canada. So they had that, a big investment in their port facilities there recently, not a few me? years ago. They had a big investment in their port facilities there. Yeah, yeah they, a long ago. Yep. And as you can see, so Winnipeg itself and, and Manitoba as a province are, are, are focused on this. And, and this project fits beautifully with their sustainability vision for the province. Uh, it's uh, job creation. I mean, a float glass plant is 300 jobs. Yeah. And, and there's usually a four to one spinoff from that. So, you know, a single float line should create in the range of 1,200 jobs. We're going to create 300 permanent jobs out of that. And the range of, um, of job type will be right from senior management, obviously, down to the shop floor. But there's a lot of technical and, and trade-like jobs that are in there. So this is this is very good for the province. That's tremendous. Yeah, that's 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 really that's really good. Now you say you say going to um, what stage is the project at, and uh, I, I guess what are the remaining hurdles if there are any? Well, as always with the project, the hurdle is money. Okay. <laughs> so uh, we're in the process of raising uh, some capital to complete the uh, engineering design and, and some very detailed market work. We, that's ongoing right now, so we're not waiting for that. But uh, the detailed market research will tell us exactly what type of float plant to build. So, you know, there's two areas to focus on. Because it's low iron sand, we'll be focused on the... Um, the, the high end so the ultra clear architectural glass and then of course solar glass and they're they're similar in, well they're obviously the similar in quality but there's a slightly different uh, manufacturing process involved and so we need to know exactly for the next five to ten years what the market is going to look like so that we know what to build so that we know how to design the plant so it's all kind of one uh, encompassed process so we're in the midst of that we believe uh, if we can get the cash in the door in, in a timely manner that we can complete that process by the end of this calendar year. That'll put it shovel ready. We also obviously have to get the regulatory approvals for this, but we're not overly concerned about that. Uh, you know, the biggest challenge in any project these days, and particularly in Canada, seems to be the social license, not the regulatory approval process. That is, I guess, connected to it, but... Uh, we, we believe we have a, a very receptive jurisdiction 
for this project. So we're quite excited about that. So anyway, um, the uh, process uh, that we will be undergoing this year will be done. It'll be shovel ready. And then we believe we could start construction if we can raise the large amount of funds that's required, start construction in 2022 and likely the second quarter. Fantastic. And I will, uh, I will attest to the uh, necessity of the good social license uh, out here in Ontario. I'm sure you're aware of the uh, fun we've had trying to have a float glass plant built here. Uh, well, <laughs> precisely, you know, and, and if you look at it, Zinshi had everything else. They yeah. had they had the cash, they had the technology, they've got everything, places to train people, they had it all. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't matter if you can't get the social license. And we don't, I can't sit here and say we have it, but we're in a different part of the country and, and uh, a different uh, attitude, I believe. So it remains to be seen, but we've, we've, we've maintained a pretty good relationship with the First Nations where the... Uh, where the deposit is, we have agreements in place with them, the agreements in place with the community that's right next door to it. Um, we've got a good relationship with the Manitoba government. So we believe we've got some fundamental steps towards that social license in place already. Terrific, terrific. Well, and and and, and hopefully, uh, you know, your, your, your outreach to the industry uh, through your participation here at Top Glass is, uh, is just going to assist in in, in all of that so that's that's great although I, I can tell you the, the the industry would love to see it uh, I can't tell you how many times and I'm sure you've heard the same things the uh, the fabricators in Canada have bemoaned you know that there's no float glass production here and hasn't been for many years and it's a it's it's considered a bit of an embarrassment actually to uh, that, that we haven't been able to do that you took the words right out of my mouth as a, a Canadian it's embarrassing we've got this resource we've known about forever and and yet every single pane of flat glass we use in this country we bring in yeah it, it it's never made any sense and uh and it's uh, high time it gets high time it gets fixed uh, we hope we've got to watch the time a little bit let's uh let's delve into uh just just a little bit uh uh, uh of the science what what, what I, I you've touched on it glenn but what what is special about this sand that's going to make it a, a great fit for really high quality architectural glass well, it's, you know, we all know that sand is the major feedstock into uh, glass making. There's other uh, parts of the feedstock, dolomite, limestone, soda ash, and a few other uh, uh, elements that, that are put in there, depending on the formulation. But sand is the, is the basis of it. And the lower the iron content, the higher quality of glass you can make. And, and glass is, is measured in light transmissivity. So transmissivity. So the lower the iron content, the more light can pass through the glass. And if you think about covering a solar panel, uh, even a few percentage points of, of, of improvement in, in the light passing through has a dramatic effect on the efficiency of that solar panel. So low iron glass is what a solar manufacturer wants. And when it comes to architectural glass, the, the more clear it is, the less iron content, the more clear it is, the more coatings you can put on it. Right. And, and the way the industry's going and the way the regulations are going uh, with low E glass and, and some of these enhanced coatings just for the regulatory side, that's very important. So that's our focus. And, and that's, uh, that's exactly what we want to make available in this country. You must see a, you must see a strong 
uh, demand. You must see strong market conditions in order to be going out and, and be willing to in, embark on a, a venture of this magnitude. Uh, you know, it's going to be hundreds of millions of dollars, certainly before it's done, uh, maybe more. Um, what, um, what, what, are, what, are you, what are you seeing in the architectural glass market in Canada that's encouraged you to take this on at this time? Well, it, it, that, that's a great question. It plays right into this, this uh, statement I made a few minutes ago about the, the fact that the, the industry is driving towards more uh, high efficiency coatings. And that's not uh, from a market perspective, that's getting built right into the building codes. And so there's plans, there's, there's, there's policies in place in North America, around the world, quite frankly, but you know, buildings are one of the largest contributors to, uh, to the carbon footprint. They're, they're, they, they waste a lot of energy. And, one of the, and so you know, the quality of the building materials and retrofitting older buildings, so the quality in new buildings and retrofitting old buildings is really one of the keys to uh, attacking climate change. Yep. Yeah. And, and that is going to require uh, more exotic, if, I don't even know if exotic is the right word, just more technology in the glass. Uh, it just industry. better, just better, just better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so higher quality. Yeah. The building codes drive high, higher quality glass going forward yeah. and, and policy drives retrofitting older buildings with high quality glass. And then of course the Biden administration uh, has a plan uh, whether one wants to believe it or not, I'm a petroleum engineer. We can't forget that. So, I've got to, <laughs> um, uh, you know, they they want to decarbonize their entire electricity grid uh, by 2035, and uh, solar is going to play a role in that. Yeah. Not a small role, uh, particularly in uh, the southern areas of the U.S. So, all of these things combine to create an environment where there's there's already a shortage there's we are net in, north america is a net importer of of flat glass right now that'll be by 2025 uh there'll be i think it's 2500 tons a day shortage no the world about 600 tons a day yeah. and that's on a very conservative basis on a more aggressive basis that's you know some outfits like golden Sachs and and other analysts have come up with that, that you know, they, they, they see 16% growth in some areas. So we have no doubt that the market will take what we produce. We just have to make sure that we're producing what our customers need and want and, and, and listen to them before we uh, get too far down the line here, because there's, you know, as, as anybody in any business knows, if you, your customers are the ones that should be telling you what to produce rather than Apple, which produces iPhones and then we all run and buy them. So I don't know if we've got, yeah. we've got like that and, uh, available to us, but. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Um, you're a man with a plan. What, what, are, the, what are the next steps? Uh, uh, where, what, 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 what's right ahead for uh, CPS? Well, we, we, we know who we are. So uh, Ansel, there's, there's really three core uh, members of, the, of our team. And then we have a fellow up at the site. And, and then another uh, person up at the site doing uh, some admin work. There's five of us. Yeah. And, and none of us have 40 years in the glass industry. Huh. So aside from raising the cash to uh, complete this, uh, the feed study and, and the rest of the stuff, uh, we need to bring some expertise into this company. Hmm. And we're actively pursuing that now. We, we would love to have some 
uh, high level, very experienced sort of sales, marketing, customer uh, facing expertise on our management team. And then of course, we, we would love to have some technical expertise, operational slash technical or, or one of each. Um, and, and then we'll start assembling our team uh, and we'll be far, far better equipped to uh, make timely decisions, informed decisions and, and you know, and, and, and get this project moving. Wow. Well, so I, steps. Yeah. I can, I can, I can see the ears pricking up across all, all, all across the show. <laughs> that oh. <one. laughs> you know, getting the word out is, is, is critical on this. Yeah. I mean, we can hire headhunters. We can do these types of things that are quite standard, but, but to be honest, it's word of mouth and, you know, in my, my it working is, career, that's been the most successful. Yeah. It, you, your approach is right. It is in this industry. It's it's a it, it's a small, relatively insular group. Uh, uh, you know, as as far as national industries go, um, but uh, you know, lots and lots of great people. But uh, you know, if you're not embedded, you, you may not you may not always uh, encounter uh, just who you're looking for. So at the at the end of the day, Glenn, um, what 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 are we going to what are we going to see in Manitoba? Give us the paint us the the beautiful vision of of, of the of the last the last step. Well, that's another great question. It's almost like you have questions to ask me, you know, the, 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 the script or something here. No, it, it, but it, that is a very good question because this resource is massive. It, it, it was massive for frac sand and we were going to pull out 1.5 million tons a year and, and pump it down oil and gas wells. We need one tenth of that to run a float glass plant. And this resource, we're, we're doing some more work on that right now, but the resource has already been delineated in one small area of our lease holdings. Five out of the 41 leases has got somewhere between 16, 80 years supply. So based on that, we, we need to have a larger vision in this country and in, and in Manitoba. And we believe that with that resource and with an anchor industry like this float glass plant that we could build out what we call a silica campus. There's no reason why we can't be making solar panels in Manitoba, not just the glass panes. There's no reason why we can't have sort of these, what I would call daughter industries, glazers and, 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 uh, and you know, specialized coating and specialized architectural glass companies like some of the, you know, Ontario. If they were located right next to our float glass plant or in that general area, then Canada would start building up uh, centers of excellence like they have in Dusseldorf in Belgium and, and Ohio, like there's nothing stopping us from this except the vision and, and the desire to execute on it. So I know that's a much larger vision than, than what we've got as CPS, but that's the kind of vision we need to have in this country. And that's the kind of vision that we can have when we get a, uh, an anchor industry in there. It's a, it's a, it's a beautiful vision is what it is, Glenn. And, 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 you know, the, um, the culture is there in Manitoba. Uh, it's been a window manufacturing center for uh, uh, decades, uh, centuries, and uh, and uh, you know th th that that would just be a it would be a lovely thing for the country and 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 for the province to have that kind of expertise going on there. So, listen, uh, Glenn Larue of CPS, I, I I couldn't be more excited to have you guys at Top Glass this year. I I hope everyone checks this out. And uh, what, where, where do people go if they want to uh, reach out to you with, with questions, comments, uh, any opportunities, anything? 
Well, the best, the best place to start is our website. Uh, we'll be refreshing that uh, in the coming months, but uh, you know, Canadian Premium Sand is the name of the company. It doesn't sound like a glass company yet. Hence our uh, attention to just saying CPS, I think, you know, just to not confuse people, but it's Canadian Premium Sand is the name of the company. And uh, yeah, just go to our website and, and check it out. But by all means, call me. Yeah, text me, whatever. We we can't talk enough about this and can't meet enough people in the glass industry. Terrific. Thanks so much for joining us at Top Glass Plan. Thanks very much, Patrick. Thanks for listening to Glass Talk. You can find this episode at glasscanadamag.com or on the major podcasting services. Glass Talk is a presentation of Glass Canada Magazine and Annex Business Media.